Chiefs beat the Patriots. Sky Moore's on IR. And what players need to step up for the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl? Let's talk about it. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. Welcome into a live edition of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank, member FDIC, our partners in possible here at KC Sports Network. Thank you all so much for jumping in, listening, hanging out with us today. Week out from Christmas. I am very grateful and excited to be talking to my dear pals, Maddie Lane, Craig Stout. Matthew, hi. Hello. How are you? Hi, Kent. Thank you for coming to me first, as it should be here. I am doing swell. We are deep into eggnog season, which is a grand time of the oh. year. And that 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 makes it a lot of fun. So I, I'm excited for this. I'm excited for what we got planned. We do have to touch on the Chiefs' victory over the Patriots, a little bit of a deep dive, talk about some news. But we got a pretty fun kind of uh, game-type thing to play here in which the chat gets to be involved. So stick around for it, because I think you guys are going to have a lot of fun with that. Yeah, I'm really excited for Maddie to get into his fourth eggnog and really let this podcast rip. Like, I, I think that uh, we got a special one in store tonight. Truck Maddie is super fun. So uh, let's get there. I was gonna say, are we? Did you? Uh, did, were you drinking eggnog when you came up with this game, or mm. no? I mean, well, it's not really a game. It's more of an That's activity. True. That's it, true. Well, I guess it was after the Patriots game last night, yesterday. So yeah, yeah, I was drinking some This activity came up. Oh man! Well, let's get into it because we got a lot to cover today on this uh, this show tonight. You know, any any thoughts that you want to get out of your head about that Chiefs Patriots game before we kind of you know turn the page and start moving on? You know, Craig, you look you look kind of chomping at the bit. So what you got? Yeah, sure. Um, I more I'm dwelling on this. I know we talked about it a little bit last night, it, it, and we're going to talk about it a little bit going forward here. I'm a little bit concerned with the offensive line. Uh, typically, we see them build into a strength at the end of the year, and it seems like maybe it's gone a little bit downhill. I don't know if there's some stuff on tape that defenses are really kind of able to tee off on some tendencies. Obviously, the Jawan Taylor penalties and some poor play out of him are not helping either. Trey Smith has a bad day. Creed Humphrey doesn't have his best day either. Just a lot of things that you kind of look at from an offensive line perspective now several weeks in a row. We're not just reacting to last night's game, but kind of boiled over a little bit more. I'm starting to have a couple more questions than answers about offensive line. You know, this is the unit that they kind of touted as the best under the Mahomes era. And frankly, I don't think that they played like it. And I, I they've definitely got to make a massive change going into the playoffs. They're going to see a lot of really good defenses. And frankly, this with the margin for error that this offense has, they just can't play as poorly as they have been lately. Yeah, so first I just want to answer a question. Uh, Derek in the chat asked if we were going uh, rum or bourbon in the eggnog. It is inspired by whiskey this evening. It's usually bourbon. I decided to, you know, give it a little give it a little extra kick. Um, so that that's what goes in there. Um, and, you know, some, some Chiefs players maybe played like they had some eggnog before that game because there was a lot of uh, up and down play from guys along the offensive line, from some wide receivers. Like the Chiefs didn't play their cleanest game. I mean, I think we kind of covered that a lot yesterday. I think the biggest thing that stuck out to me on a rewatch was the offensive line just really wasn't that clean for not having a particularly tough matchup. Yes, Christian Barmore is excellent, and he gave Trey Smith fits all game. I can get over that. I would like Trey Smith to put up a lot better fight than he did. It was pretty bad, very one-sided. But Jawan Taylor losing reps to Dietrich Wise and Uche, like that's not what you want to see from your $20 million right tackle. Like, Wanya Morris struggling with the speed of Uche for the first time, seeing someone that moves that fast. I get it. Not ideal, but I get it. But Jawan Taylor, that should be kind of his bread and butter or getting dusted by Mac Wilson on a speed rush and off-ball linebacker just ran around him. Like, there's some not concerning because I don't know how long it'll last in the season, but Jawan Taylor's play, not the penalties, but the actual play after the whistle is getting, it seems to be wavering a little bit more than it was early on in the year. Early in the year, between the whistles, he was very good. It was just the penalties. It was the alignment stuff. Now his play's dipping. 
I don't think Creed Humphrey's having his best year. Trey Smith's not having his best year. Wanya Morris, a rookie left tackle. Like there's a there's some un, uneasiness, some unevenness even to this offensive line right now, and it could be a little too much for this team to overcome when you can consider all the wide receiver issues. Yeah, no, for sure. And like, like it's been kind of um, I, I don't know if it's surprising. It's just seeing this whole group as a unit kind of take a step back, and you kind of wonder some of the continuity, right? Because um, you know, Orlando Brown had been there for a couple of years. Andrew Wiley had been there for a couple of years. And we kind of tend to forget that they're breaking into no offensive tackles. And now they're breaking in a third one. And yeah. so I, I do wonder what the effects of, of that are compounded with, you know, the struggles that we're seeing, um, you know, on yeah, in the receiver core. Just like there, like there is definitely some contributions being made by the offensive line from, uh, you know, to to the struggles of this offense for sure, and yeah, we just may we may not be we may not be appropriately just taking into consideration you know the tackle situation, right? Yeah. Like I think like even like I think beginning of the year we we even we highlighted that a little bit too, right? Like we said like you know we're probably you know when we when we saw what the offense looked like the first week without <laughs> Travis Kelsey and we saw the pass catcher struggles and Sky Moore and Darius Tony and you know, all that stuff. We also like you know we we kind of talked a little bit like maybe we also over overestimated a little bit how easy and seamless it was going to be for the tackles. This has not been the best line of the Chiefs, yeah, Mahomes era as it as as Kadarius Tony not been wide receiver one. Some of these storylines that have been fed to us um, have not necessarily panned out the way. Who's saying these things? Why 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 are they putting these things out in the world? These are way too easy to critique. Look, and like I will always say, like, I love James Palmer. I'm a like I love getting because James Palmer is very well connected and he gets things oh, yeah. directly from high-ranking sure. Chiefs officials. I, you know, sometimes there's a quote that might start with Brett Veach. You know, the the first half of the conversation might be, I spoke with Brett Veach and and then you'll hear, oh, sources also believe that <laughs> I mean he's getting He's getting it. He's getting them from up there. So this isn't an attack on James Palmer for reporting what he is being told by the team. It's Correct. just the team's been wrong to this point. Is all. <laughs> okay, spinning it back to the positives here. Um, yeah. On kind of on the rewatch here, I w- I was really impressed by the way that the secondary played once again. It'd uh, been a couple of weeks where maybe we had some questions. They didn't have some of their best performances. I don't know that Trent McDuffie had his best performance, but you know I'm not worried about him. Yeah. He kind of is the player that we expect that he is right now. But my goodness, I, I know we talked about him yesterday. Legereus Sneed was even better on the rewatch. Like he was <laughs> everywhere. Like he absolutely eliminated the wide receivers for you know the New England Patriots outside of one play where the pass rush should have got home three seconds into the play. Like. I'm not even that mad at him. Like you, you, you can't be that mad at him. He executed it perfectly on the outside. So, I, I, we, we spent so much of this season talking about Trent McDuffie, how he's a blue chip player, how Brett Veach got it right, and he did. I don't want to take away anything from Legereus Need, who frankly should be an All Pro this season. He's been that level of good. Now, I don't know if anybody's going to look at his stats. You know. They always got a whole bunch of picks. Oh, he forced a whole bunch of fumbles. Always got a whole bunch of sacks, tackles for loss. He's got some tackles for loss. Doesn't have some of the same kind of quote unquote impact stats as he has in previous years. But I like how much some of the more advanced analytics community is paying attention to how he's shutting down top flight wide receivers, wide receiver ones, and shadowing them and routinely doing it. I think that the case can be made that he's a first-team All-Pro based on those alone. And, you know, I he has been really good. I know he's got Deron Bland over there to compete with as well. That's going to kind of take down some of that stuff because people are going to vote for guys that they know. It's hard to sneak a new All-Pro in. It really is each and every year. But Legereus Niche has frankly played well enough, and yesterday was a microcosm of that play against a worse receiving core than he's seen all year long. He just eliminated dudes. It was wonderful to watch. Yeah, in years past, we've it, it's going to be hard to think to get like that all pro nod just because the stats aren't going to be there. And by that, I mean like takeaways, pass breakups. Like 
he's on the lower end of some of that compared to other guys in the NFL that probably have a little bit bigger name or in Bland's case have been such a big story replacing Trevon Diggs for a team that's very popular. But, you know, there's a chance because you go back to when Stephon Gilmore was dominating people. They used the shadowing against, you know, the top mm-hmm. guy stats a lot for him. Now, he had a little bit more ball production that year, I do believe. But like, you know, so there's a chance because there's nobody in the NFL right now shadowing number one wide receivers and doing it as well as Legereus Need has. There's no very few corners in the NFL do it at all, let alone at the rate that he is. And it, yeah, a game against New England's probably not the best one to highlight how good he's been at it because like they have a bunch of like Chiefs wide receivers on their squad. But he, he's been doing it all year, no matter who they go up outside, you know, just ignore the Chargers game and he's been shutting down whoever he lines up across from all season long. So if that continues for the rest of the year, I do think he makes a push and I was guilty of it. I tried to say Trent McDuffie's the better player of the two. And I still think he might be as he continues to develop. But I think what we have seen this year as it's gone along, there is a definite limitation to Trent McDuffie's game. His short arms cannot play football down the field. He can be in perfect coverage. And there are going to be times where he just quite simply can't make a play on the football. And some teams will take advantage of that. And they have as the years gone on. Legereus Snead doesn't really have that qualm yet. He commits a lot of penalties. I think he's the most penalized defensive back in the NFL. He also was up to like 70 yards on those penalties. I think we can sacrifice those five yards a game for what he's doing outside of that. So like, I'm just, I'm intrigued to see what the national media perspective is on him. He is due for one, a really, really good payday before you start to worry about age. So he's probably going to try to cash in after this year. Hopefully it's with the Chiefs. Kind of think they need him and the way this defense is functioning right now and the way they're using him and McDuffie for different things. So hopefully he keeps it up because I, I agree with Craig. He's, he's been phenomenal and this was just another game where the entire, not defensive game plan, but the success of the defense, I think, kind of pinned around how he was able to shut guys down, not only on routes, but at the line of scrimmage and coming up and making tackles and everything. I want to move to the offense real quick before we move on here. Sure. All right, so... I want to read this list aloud. Okay. And then I'll, yes. I'll, all right, here we go. Rasheed Rice, Clyde Edwards Alaire, Noah Gray, Justin Watson, Travis Kelsey, Jarek McKinnon. I have not mentioned Marquez Valdez Gantling, Kadarius Tony, or Sky Moore yet. That's because all six of the guys I just mentioned had more receiving yards this week than those three did. The big yes. lightning rods for this team. The, the guys that we've had the biggest complaints about, MVS, Tony, Moore, they combined for 34 yards last night. That's it. Of 309 yards, they combined for 34. Now, we can look at it and say, well, that's the problem, Kent. But also, I mean, this offense has always been a group that, you know, has been a team that has been able to get a lot of guys different touches, you know, different guys' touches. And this team put together a really solid performance without really having to utilize too much those guys that we talked about. They combined for five targets, those three that we just discussed. They ran a functional offense without the big players that we've complained so much about. Not necessarily, like not that they weren't on the field and all that, but I think it's good to see that, hey, look, this team funneled p- targets in different places. Jarek McKinnon, three targets. Justin Watson, three targets. Noah Gray, two targets. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, four targets. Get him involved. Oh, yeah, Isaiah Pacheco comes back. You know, Andy Reid talking today about Richie James and needing to get him more involved. I I know that we've seen our frustrations, but this, this, was a, this was a solid offensive performance without those guys. And those guys were still the ones making a lot of the mistakes, even in a smaller sample size. So, you know, if they are to have to eliminate these guys a little bit, they've you know, like it was good to see that the rest of the group, even in a down Travis Kelsey game, was able to put together a really strong offensive performance and spread the ball around, which is going to have to happen, I think, for this team to be successful. I agree. And Kadarius Tony ate up four of those five targets. So, and I realized the Sky Moore target doesn't count because of the penalty. I'm not counting it. He's not in the stat I mean, sheet. He's not in the stat sheet there. I, MVS had one target. Kadarius Tony had four. So, I think maybe you're even seeing Patrick Mahomes saying, hey, listen, there are guys I can trust, and then there's these guys. And you're starting to see more of a shift. Now, I know this guy more is hurt. We're going to get into that in just a second here. But, yeah, I'm with, I'm with Kent. 
that is a little bit inspiring to see those guys that have routinely made mistakes or who have routinely not been up to the occasion when targeted, when asked to be in the right spot. Those are the guys that now are seeing their roles diminished and the offense looks better because they're functionally targeting these other guys, specifically Rasheed Rice, but also Jared McKinnon, Clyde edwards Alaire. Really good to see. So, I mean, from that perspective, yeah, there were parts of the offense that still didn't look good. They still didn't flow right. But it was a little bit of shades of last year where it's like, oh, okay, I'll just throw to somebody else. I'll find another target and we can still be functional on offense. And so that's kind of where the optimism is coming out of yesterday's game is that they were able to find those other other avenues to victory and it didn't feel like it was a slog all game long because they were trying to involve those other players. Yeah, I, I agree with that on one hand. I also think at some point you kind of got to know who your go-to players are to get stuff done. I don't think that in the NFL you can legitimately just spread the ball around all the way to a ton of success because at that point, like when it's push come to shove, you... You can't always just wait for the scheme to win. You can't just always wait for that to happen. At, at some point in time, it's, you know, players over scheme. At some point in time, you know, it, that's going to matter. And the Chiefs have figured that out now. Rasheed, in a game where Travis Kelsey couldn't do a lot, Rasheed Rice had the most targets on the team again. He's now climbed up to over 16% of the target share for this team. That's higher than Juju Smith-Schuster last year, who this team desperately misses. Like, don't get me wrong, they miss him. Rasheed Rice's target share is higher than what Juju Smith-Schuster's was last year because, one, and they need him. You know, MVS's slide back, the lack of anybody else stepping up is still there. It exists. But they've kind of figured out, okay, if Kelsey isn't there and it's third down and we need a play, if Kelsey isn't there and maybe he's not getting open on the scramble drill, I'm now looking for number four. We're now going to number four. And I think the way the Chiefs no longer have to just throw him screens, hitches, like they don't have to manufacture every touch. They can put him on a real route. And one, if he doesn't get open, he's working with Mahomes to find open space. We saw that a couple times. Two, there are some routes in his arsenal that are getting better. He ran a nasty little out route that he sold and completely got the DV on. And Mahomes delivered a ball. He made a nice kind of sliding catch on. We've seen the back shoulder feint. So just the progression of Rice and not just his skill, but how they're using him is exactly what we want. It's exactly what everyone needs. And the, I mean, the fact that they're just leaning into it as hard as they can. What do you play like 90% of the snaps? Like yeah. they know it. They clearly know that they need him. And that's the only thing that's kind of holding this offense together when Travis Kelsey's not having his best game. So I, I think it is a huge positive, not only his production, but the fact that they seem to get that. Like it took him a long time to get here and maybe he needed that time, but we're here. So now even when you're spreading the ball around, there's still two guys that you can focus on. It doesn't have to be three targets for everybody. Rasheed Rice still had nine targets. Mm-hmm. If you split you know, six of those off to whoever you want, that's not a 10-point win. If he sees six less targets, that's not a 10-point win. It's like they got there, and they're figuring out how to do it. That, that's a good sign moving forward. Yeah, and uh, I, I think one thing, it's it's good to see that they're still able to get, you know, through a few weeks, they're still able to get easy targets to Rasheed Rice too. You know, like they're able to throw those nows and screens. I think they're continuing to make sure that they – you know, get a heavy diet of those every game. It's going to be fascinating, I think, as the season goes on, but more so during the playoffs, how easy they make some of those, you know, simple throws. You know, are they going to, you know, how teams handle those, how prepared teams are for those, because that's becoming an important piece of this offense. You know, all these Rashiro Ice targets are not necessarily downfield variety. They're still some of those just simple, let's get the ball in the hands of our most explosive player. I think that's going to be, you know, on the Chiefs to try to figure out ways to get those easy completions to their, you know, one of their best offensive players. So um, just something I'm I'm watching for sure. All right. So the Chiefs obviously had some news here today. Sky Moore uh, came out of the, the Patriots game with some knee swelling. And then uh, it looks like, you know, he's going on the IR. He did go on the IR today. Uh, Justin Ross is back as a result of that. Uh, he's back from the commissioner's exemplist. Thoughts on the Sky Moore situation? Thoughts on who might see opportunities moving forward? Matthew. Sucks for Sky Moore. Um, he's clearly not been having the year that he wants to. He, it sounds like he, you know, he put in a lot of work this offseason to make a jump from a rookie year. Hadn't quite found his footing. Highly unfortunate. I, I'm not trying to take blame away and like, you know, say that he deserved a, he, more of a shot so far this year. He had clearly been falling out of favor and the snap down, and hey, the offense was looking better without trying to force him onto the field and into these roles. But 
it still sucks for a person to get hurt and lose it, lose his chance when he's trying to carve out a role. So it sucks for him. It's highly unfortunate. I don't know if the Chiefs will honestly miss a lot. Like, and that's the thing. As it, it's grim, it's like a bad way to look at it. But the Chiefs, as a football team, probably aren't going to lose a lot without having Sky Moore. Maybe they get even a slight bit improvement if some other guys can step up that are coming back in to replace of him. It stinks to look at it that way because you want the best for every guy that's out there that's working hard. But unfortunate event, Justin Ross is activated. I think this week is the first week that McCole Hardman can be designated to return from IR and start practicing again. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. I think his fit for this wide receiver group would make a ton of sense too. I'm intrigued to see how it plays out the you know the last three games of the season, what the Chiefs kind of try to do with that wide receiver room. Yeah. Yeah, echo all the Sky Moore, it sucks for him kind of stuff like it it really does. But it's unfortunate how far down kind of the ranks that everything has fallen to the point now where like Sky got put on IR today and I didn't see very many people that were going, oh man, that really sucks. This offense is going to struggle now. I think most people kind of feel the same way. It's like, okay, well, I guess that makes up their mind they're not going to have to try and get him into the offense. They're not going to try and run him out there. And at the beginning of this year, he was the guy that was running the full route tree and like the only guy that was running the full route tree. And it didn't matter and it didn't work. And now there's a lot of questions about what Sky Moore is to this team moving forward. Moving, you know, obviously he's out for the rest of the regular season. We'll see if he's back for the playoffs. It would be a really sweet redemption story for him to come back and make some plays in the playoffs of this team to a victory. We'll see if it gets to that point. But if this is it for this season, there's going to be a lot of soul searching to be done this offseason, both from the organizational standpoint and from Sky Moore's standpoint. He did a lot of things right from all accounts. Like he he was there, he was working, he was, you know, he's putting in the time, he's putting in the effort. He's one of those guys that, you know, Chiefs fans really love because they see the effort. And, you know, Chiefs fans love that stuff. Like, they're all in on that kind of stuff. And it just never translated to on-field productivity, unfortunately. So, going to be a lot of decisions that have to be made. I'm sure we'll get into a lot of those during the offseason as well. But as it stands right now, it sucks for Sky Moore. But I don't know that it really sucks too terribly much for the Chiefs. And that is unfortunate. Yeah. I I, I feel bad for Sky. You know, like, I, he's... All criticism, I think, of him has been fair. That doesn't mean you can't feel for a guy who's having to deal with criticism of this caliber in a setting, in a sport that is all about this and all about this kind of discourse. Um, it sucks for him that it's you know, this is the season's gone the way it has, and you know he's not been able to. And in, there's, yeah, I'm not gonna. There's some there's some metrics he's been worse this year. Than he was last year, unfortunately, and that's that sucks for him. I feel bad for him, but um, you know, yeah, I think the Chiefs can move forward with without him, and there's going to be some questions this offseason for sure. It'll be I don't know if this is the end of his season or not. Like that 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 remains to be seen. Um, but you know, maybe in maybe he comes back and you know after this and the reset's good for him too. Who knows? Uh, we'll we'll see what happens. NFL fans, it's time to unwrap nonstop football action this holiday season. Throw down on big matchups with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just 5 bucks on the NFL and score 150 instantly in bonus bets. You can bet on the Chiefs trying to uh, take care of business as they pursue the one seed uh, against the Las Vegas Raiders this week. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now with code KCSN. New customers can bet $5 on NFL action to score 150 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789- 7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. cdkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. We're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this. 
What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? This is Tucker Franklin from KC Sports Network. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure to follow us and subscribe for more Chiefs content wherever you get your podcast. If you want to support us further, you can shop the latest collection of KC Sports Network merch in partnership with Sandlot Goods. You can find hats, shirts, hoodies, and more at sandlotgoods.com. You can click the link in the description for more information. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Appreciate everybody hanging out with us tonight. It's been fun. We have a game to play now. Maddie Lane. Game adjacent. Game adjacent. Game con competition. You know, clickbait. Who knows? Like, what are we Ooh, calling it's it? Really not that. It's Maddie an activity. Let's, let's go. Exercise. This Click is an activity. exercise. This is a fun activity. Like, there's, it, it's not a game because there can't really be a winner. Like, we all kind of win if anyone wins, right? Or we all kind of lose, I guess. Um, Here's the thing. I reached out to Youthful Regis. He's busy with the holidays. He's trying to get back on the show, but he gave, Too me, much an idea. He gave me an idea for an activity. He said, well, hey, you, the Chiefs, they're not, they're not in the first place in the AFC right now. They're not the Super Bowl betting favorites. What, what do they need to do to get back there? And I said, well, win games. And he says, no, duh. But then he said, what players need to play better? How do you get from where you are now to where they are in terms of you being the Chiefs? And I said, oh, that's a good idea. So he said, hey, why don't you guys draft Players, three players each that need to get better from this point on to the end of the season for the Chiefs to make a Super Bowl run. Not the best players on the Chiefs, not the, you know, anything like that. It's the players that need to specifically play better. And we figured we'd want to involve the chat. You guys are here hanging out with us. We appreciate it. Hey, you know, hit like hit the like oh, button. Yeah. Leave us a five-star review. We would appreciate it a lot, especially if you have fun with this game. You guys are gonna get a pick. Hey, real quick, before I sure. reminded me. I don't know why it reminded me, but I do want to make sure that we mention one more thing. Uh, if you are in the KC area, come to Mission Taco downtown and come hang out with us uh, at KC Sports. That we're all going to be there on Wednesday from six to nine. Uh, so yeah, make sure you're going and checking that out. I think there are going to be some uh, potential giveaways as well that you can take advantage oh, of. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good time, uh, and you can try the Ben Holiday cocktail that they have at Mission Taco as well. But there's some really cool packages I've seen. They're doing a raffle. Um, so make sure you are taking advantage of that. Anyways, please continue. It's 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 at the Mission Taco and Crossroads. So okay. to go there too after you like this and leave us a five-star review. Um, Six to nine on Wednesday, December 20th again. <laughs> Nailed it. Okay. And so interrupting you. For this exercise. This is fun. We are going to go based on seniority. 
So Craig is first. Oh, hell. Hint is second. Obviously, Chad is third because I'm the youthful one here. So I am last. I'm bringing up the rear of the snake draft. I got a back-to-back pick here in the hot corner. I so, Craig, it. you are up with the first player that needs to play better for the Chiefs to go oh, off with the Super Bowl. Comment section, start discussing amongst yourselves who you guys are going to want to pick when it's your pick. You guys are going to be third. Yeah. You guys are going to be third. I'm going to take the easy one. I'm going to take the easiest one off the table here is Jawan Taylor. Got to play better. Yeah. Has to play better. Um, I, The Chiefs need functional offensive line. I said it earlier. They have such a slim margin for error. They can't have Jawan Taylor not just committing penalties, but allowing quick pressures, allowing himself to get beat inside. It's got to be better. And it, it could go a very long way of him finishing out this season as the right tackle that they signed for fixing everything next offseason. As it stands, they go into next offseason, he's playing like this still. Yikes. Like, there's going to be a lot of questions they've got to ask themselves yeah. organizationally to try and prepare for maybe we move on from that guy in the near future here. So Jawan Taylor's my number one guy. He's got to step up. I think I agree with that. Like, I think it, I was when I was kind of doing some of this, he was up there as one of my candidates as the top guy for sure. Um, so I'm I'm kind of with you there as well. We can get under the penalties. Just play better. Just play better again. There's it's got to be one or the other. There's like right. you can't have both. <laughs> five, five more penalties this year, and I believe he sets the record for most penalties called on one player in a season. So like, is, I don't even care if he can go back to blocking well like he did last year for the Jags in the post. If he can go up against Joey Bosa and shut him down when Joey Bosa's mostly healthy in a playoff game and shut him down all game long, I'm fine with your one penalty a game. Doesn't really bother me. Yeah, it stinks that it sets the Chiefs back, but that's fine. You just can't have the one penalty and then get beat by random Jag pass rushers. And I don't mean Jaguar pass rushers. I just mean random guys three times throughout the game in high-leverage situations. Like, you can't do both. So, yeah, I, I, that's a great number one thing. Okay, I'm up because I'm slightly younger than Craig by a lot. You were number two. Okay, so I'm going to Maddie answer this a little bit. Uh, you can't do that in round one. I, I can because I think this is a A1 player, and I would not – I'm, I'm, this is going to sound like high-level criticism of the Chiefs' best defensive player in Chris Jones. But I'm going to go with Chris Jones because I genuinely believe that there is a version of him that exceeds what we've seen to this point because I think, like, and this isn't me saying, like, he's coasting during the season, but he's also a guy that has sat a game out for the regular season. He's a guy that, you know, is working towards his second contract or his third contract, I guess, his his next big payday. And I think the best way for him to get paid significantly is for him to have a Chris Jones 2022-like postseason. I think he's got to have one of those big performances where, you know, he's just, you know, an unblockable force. He's a guy that just continues to wreck games. And not that he's not been that. Like, people are talking about how he's getting double-teamed. He's been double-teamed his whole career. But I think there is another step for him to take where he can be the kind of consistent player down in, down out that we've seen him be in the past where it maybe hasn't necessarily been like that to the same level this year. So I, I do think that there is another level that he can take it. And if he does, that's terrifying because we know what he's capable of and he has around him now to help support him. I think he can make that defense even scarier when it comes January, February. So Chris Jones is my number one pick. I um, Chat out there go ahead and start getting your guys's first picks in there we're going to talk about chris jones real quick but yeah if you're here give us you know chris jones Jawan taylor off the board chat who do you guys think is the number one person that needs to step up and play better to get the chiefs to the super bowl i will say i i get where you're coming from because chris jones frankly has been really good the past three four weeks like really good he's been he's lived in the backfield a lot recently but Again, you're talking about players that if they step up, if they go to that next level, if they go to where we know Chris Jones can go to, like that that tilts things. Like even more so than this defense is already tilting things in their favor. I get where you're coming from from that. So yeah, the whole Maddie answer of that because if Chris Jones takes it up a notch, he's the game record. Like he is a game breaking level player, and he's playing really well right now. Going that extra step up in the playoffs, yeah, absolutely. That that could get the Chiefs to the Super Bowl, even if the offense continues to play crap. Yeah, no, I I agree. It, he, it's so noticeable when Chris Jones has his best games, 
And then when he just has an okay game, it's very noticeable what that does to the Chiefs defense. Um, so like, yeah, I, I get that. I would have had him. He was on my list. I don't know if he was in the top. Um, I see, I'm looking through the answers to the chat. Yes, guys, Jawan Taylor has been taken off. Um, I'm looking through here. We got a lot of different names coming in from the chat. It doesn't seem like there's a huge consensus. Um, I think I've seen enough of this one though. I think the chat's getting Travis Kelsey for their first round pick. I think we've seen more Kelsey's than anything else since this has kind of started. I, you know, chat can't answer for themselves. So like I, here it is. He was on my list and you can't ask a whole lot more from a 34-year-old tight end who's going to have over 1,000 yards and be a team's leading receiver. It's really hard to ask for more. But here's the problem. The Chiefs built this team around Travis Kelsey not being a 1,000-yard wide receiver against you know easy games that they are blowing teams out. They paid him to be a 1,400-yard wide receiver, 10-touchdown receiver in games that they need to win. And those games have been when Travis Kelsey hasn't shown up. So yeah, this team, to win a Super Bowl, is going to need Travis Kelsey to have 100 yards versus these good teams that are double-teaming him. They are going to need him to play his best versus the best competition to take over games when they need him to, and he hasn't done that yet. So, like, I I think that is a very fair pick, you know, to come in and Travis Kelsey. And also note that he's still very good. It's just he they kind of expected him to be better. The the chat, Maddie answered this one too, just like Kent did with Chris Jones. Because if Travis Kelsey steps his game up, once again, the offense is flowing in a way that they yeah. can't. We talk about Patrick Mahomes breaking coverages for teams that play it right. Travis Kelsey, with his option routes, with his ability to read the game, usually the same way that Patrick Mahomes does, helps break those defenses. He's the guy that can help make them wrong and the Chiefs be right. We're not seeing as much of that over the past several games. We need to see more big games. I, I mean, like he has to be big for this team to go to the Super Bowl and to win the Super Bowl again. I fully believe that he can. Just, you know, we're, we're coming off of a game where he didn't quite look like himself. So I understand why the chat's maybe uh, diving in on the Kelsey run a little bit. Yeah, no, I agree. All right. Last pick of the first round. I'm coming in. Charles O'Minahue. Um, I like this it. be a little bit of a surprise. However, Charles O'Minahue has been good for the Chiefs. He has. He has the second highest, like, win percentage, second highest pressure rate. Like, he's been very good for the Chiefs. It just seems like there are long stretches of a game where he just disappears. And it's hard when you play with the Chiefs. And with Chris Jones, you watch the you watch the Chiefs defensive line right now. It's like, hey, how do we get Chris Jones one-on-ones? That's the entire goal. It really is. It's not quite as complimentary as I think it was last year or as the times it's been in years past. It's a little bit more about highlighting Chris Jones' ability to win one-on-one. And like, that's fine. I don't have a qualm with it. That's how Aaron Donald has put up best player of all time stats for the Los Angeles Rams. It's completely fine, but it, and that makes it, you know, a little bit harder for Omenahue to always shine, but I do think there are stretches where he kind of disappears. They brought him in to be a clear number two pass rusher right now. It kind of rotates between him and Carl Loftus. Omenahue's clearly the more dynamic rusher of those two. He wins quicker. He wins a little bit more frequently, but he's just not as consistent. And I think that consistency needs to step up. I think Omenahue needs to make his presence felt more frequently throughout games rather than just in spots here or there, rather than just being the setup guy for Chris Jones. he I think he needs to take that like half step forward down the stretch to really let this defensive line tee off on opposing offenses. I don't hate that one. I We got the conversation going a little bit in the KCSN Discord during yeah. the game yesterday, and somebody had asked during the game, it's like, Charles Aminahue good? Like, are we seeing good Charles Aminahue or are we seeing bad Charles Aminahue? And I said, well, it just kind of depends on the game. There are games that he takes over. Like, there there really are where all of a sudden him as a number two pass rusher is completely destructive. Like, it blows stuff up in the backfield, gets quarterbacks uncomfortable all game long. Like, it's he is a potential, you know, second, I, I don't want to call him a second fiddle, second pass rusher that, that can really do damage there. It's not just like a, oh, hey, occasionally he's going to win. There are games that he takes over, and then there are games that he does nothing for most of the game. So a little more consistency, I think, would be the thing that I'd like to see out of Charles Aminahue. So I, I don't I don't hate that pick. I really kind of like it because a consistent Charles Aminahue evens that out a little bit more and has to have offensive coordinators focus on him more, and then that's going to help free up Chris Jones for one-on-ones like Matty was talking about and help kind of tilt things in the Chiefs defense favor. I think there's 
I think there's more meat on the bone for him too, especially a guy coming in late in this, you know, late in the season after the six game suspension. I think that there's gonna be some more playoff specific stuff that we see them utilize. I think he gets more involved with some of these games up front. I think they start moving him around a little bit more than they have already. Like I think that they will build him into, you know, I I I I anticipate a, a good step up. I do. And that that's scary if him and Chris do step up for the playoffs. That is a terrifying yeah, but I think I do believe it's I genuinely like I know we're so like concerned with everything on offense but I genuinely believe that that is in the realm of possibility that both of those guys take a level and they kind of you know have a plan for what they're gonna do you know in the playoffs with them so I I think there's there's a lot left on the table there nope I, I, I agree if he steps up this defense takes like a giant step for Justin like the threat and to Craig's point it's not that he's been bad at all he's been very good the offenses have to pay attention just the, the, that one extra step I think goes a long way all right this is my this is me on the back to back here I think the chat Tucker's done a great job asking the chat who they want you know throw some exclamation marks in there and then the name of the player you guys want for your next fit coming <laughs> up after this Love it. I am going with Trey Smith offensive guard I think we, we've already talked about him. He's taken a little step back this year. Um, here's the thing. Just don't be a turnstile, and it's fine as an offensive guard. Playing between Creed and Jawan Taylor, right? Like, Jawan Taylor like, has been taken. Like, he does need to play better, but it's not like he's terrible. Jawan Taylor's been a completely fine offensive tackle. Trey Smith has had some games where he's been the reason the offense can't function. Uh, I don't know. Look at half the snaps versus New England and Christian Barmore. Look at the Jets game against everyone they lined up against him. Mm -hmm. It was really tough for the Chiefs to run an offense when you have an offensive guard getting beat that quick. I understand that it's difficult when Juwan Taylor's getting so much depth so fast, whether legally or illegally. Like You're having to block for a lot of space and not the best lateral mover if you're Trey Smith. But there's just some times where it's been really bad. And it feels like when the Chiefs don't get him engaged with the run game, they don't get him locked in. That's when he seems to have his worst performance. So when you let him run downhill, bully some defenders, he seems to play a lot better. When the run game isn't working or they have to lean into the passing game, he seems to take a big step back. He needs to find that consistency that he had last year, and then we're good to go. Then everything's fine. I think you can get over the offensive tackles if that interior stays strong, but just too many times this year, the interior hasn't stayed very stout, and it's been a big problem. I think he's been the biggest one. All right. We've got the second pick from Let's the go. chat right now. They've been very diligent about putting it in there, and they picked Justin Reed. And I get kind of where they're coming from. I mean, we just got done talking about how Charles Aminahue has maybe some up-and-down games. A little more consistency would be nice. Justin Reed, when he's on, can eliminate guys in the middle of the field. We saw this week an on-game outside of a couple of plays. He was fantastic. We have also seen, as Maddie's alluded to, there are full drives within a really good Justin Reed game. There are full drives where the office just says, we're going to target that guy, and it's going to work, and it does for like 80 straight yards and a touchdown. Like they, It's got to be better, and it's got to be more consistent, and especially since Brian Cook you know, if, is going to be out for however long here. Justin Reed's got to be a guy to kind of step up and fill some of that role, fill out some of the stuff that Brian Cook does really well. Now, gets downhill, fills the alley, hits like a truck. Like, the, none of that is in question. Justin Reed is doing all of that just fine. It's going to be the coverage side of things that we need to see more out of Justin Reed on. And frankly, I mean, I think we've all kind of been waiting for it since he's been in Kansas City for the past year and 14 games. Now we've been waiting for that next step up in coverage. And while it's gotten a little bit better this year, it's still not to the level that we are expecting of Justin Reed. If he steps up back there with Brian Cook out, Mike Edwards back there, you know, again, we've seen enough good Justin Reed this year to know what that looks like. That consistently every game of the playoff makes it really rough for every offense. It doesn't matter who it is in the league to really get stuff going in the secondary. Consistency is the right word for sure there. Like that is that is the big thing is just like there are lapses, there are stretches, there are possessions where he becomes problematic, whether it's consistency tackling, a step late in coverage. They're just sometimes it's just a tick off and like maybe you won't see that the rest of the game, but there are moments where he is impacting the game negatively for an entire possession and teams are going out of their way to pick on him. And that has happened multiple times. So I think it's just, you know, like it's I don't think like obviously you'd like him to make some more splash plays and all that, too. But like 
just raising the floor a little bit, I think, could go a long way with what we've seen out of Justin Reed at this point, too. All right, Craig. No, Kent, Kent is up. Kent. Are we ready to move on? Okay. Yeah, no, I think I think it's really big with the Brian Cook injury. Uh, I don't know if anyone's going to pick Mike Edwards. I kind of feel like saying Justin Reed doesn't not. There's Mike some Edwards of the chat. Out, but it, yeah, yeah. He kind of covers it up, and I agree. Mike Edwards is a playmaker. That's why you love him as a safety three, starting safety, playing all the reps. There's some ups and downs. I think you were expecting more expensive leader of the safety room to to cover that ground a little bit more. So, like, I get it. If somebody still wants to take Edwards, go ahead. But like, I think it's important with Cook's injury. All right. Well, I'm not going to go Mike Edwards. Uh, we finally got a little bit of clarity on the snap count situation at the linebacker position, and Ooh. Nick Bolton outsnapped Drew Tranquil two to one this week. Um, I think Nick Bolton, you know, I think if he's going to be on the field and they're going to take Drew Tranquil off the field, Nick Bolton's got to take a step up. And there's always going to be some really awesome splash play that Nick Bolton makes every single week. We see him; he always is going to make something wildly impressive. But I think there's something to be said about Nick Bolton raising his floor a little bit more because there's often there's just too much inconsistency that he has. Uh, and even in the run game, too, like, you know, he's just late to get off a block. He's late to, you know, be out in coverage. He's got to raise that floor, especially if they're going to take Drew Tranquil off the field. Who, I mean, like, it's funny, like, they put Drew, they put Drew on like immediately against the Patriots and he just made like two plays in the first possession. It's just like shocking. I know it's so frustrating to watch. And so like, you know, like this isn't knocking, you know, like this isn't knocking Bolton too much, but like he's got to raise that floor a little bit uh, because there's just so many there's there's I mean, it's kind of the same thing with Reed. There are possessions where they just decide to pick on on Nick Bolton on teams will try to pick on him in coverage, attack the middle of the field in coverage. And I mean, we saw it two weeks ago when Drew Tranquil was out. So Bolton's got to raise his level and like to some degree I think it's a little unfair like and I think this is where I'm starting to have some this you know is it fair to expect guys to completely change what they've been over the course of their career right (laughs) (laughs) so this is where I'm having that that struggle because like to some degree look this is what Bolton is but actually I do think that there is a level of consistency that he has that he can achieve beyond what we've seen to this point especially since he's been back um, real quick, my my only things in this is like we know what Bolton is in coverage. He's going to make a couple big splashy plays in coverage, and then outside of that, there are going to be drives. There's going to be quarters halves where he gets targeted. So we we know what he is in coverage, and that's where you hope the rotation of Drew Tranquil kind of saves him because Willie Gay makes a lot of flash plays in coverage, but he also gets attacked in coverage a lot because he just doesn't always see it clearly. So like you hope they protect him more. I want to see Nick Bolton come up and be a little more physical against the run. I know he's dealing coming back from an arm injury, which kind of makes it hard to stack and shed stuff. Like, I understand, and that's never been his game to be overly physical at blockers. But when you're the non-coverage backer like he should be for this team, you got to play physical versus the run 24-7. Hopefully, as he gets healthier, that kind of comes and go- comes a little bit more because I think that's kind of that's the easy step. Like, that's the easy step for him to take going forward. Yeah, I like that. All right, we've had seven picks, and four of them have been defense. Shame on, it. on all of you. I, I almost, Shame on I, all of you. I took an I almost, offensive player. I took I, an offensive player, and I'm going to take another offensive player. Of course you did. Yes. So, I'm going to go with McCall Hardman. I wanted to pick a wide receiver. Ooh, I, like I wanted it. to pick a Kadarius Tony, but frankly... We we've seen what we've seen. Like, <laughs> I I don't. I, no, I mean uh, to be honest, they're like they. I agree. Giving him run, they keep giving him opportunities, and okay. he keeps literally and figuratively dropping the ball. It can't be MBS. It just can't. Like once again, <laughs> literally and figuratively <laughs> dropping the ball. And at this point, now I'm deep into the rotation here, so I'm going with McCall Hardman. This is a guy they traded a draft pick for this year after letting walk. This is a guy that has been in this offense for long enough to know what it's going to take to get on the field and do the things that he needs to do on offense. He is one of the last bastions of hope, in my opinion, for this wide receiver group. And that's that's scary to say, and that's not a high bar to clear by any means, but McCarr is one of the few guys that they could get out there, have him run some of the vertical stuff with Rasheed Rice, Travis Kelsey working underneath, and maybe have some shot at effectivity. Maybe have something that gets open a little bit more. Maybe 
a guy is on the same page with Patrick Mahomes a little more often than we're seeing some of these other guys because he hasn't been in the system this year. And for whatever reason, the poison pill that's going around is making him not be on the same page. McColl may still be functioning from that existing offense. So one of the last bastions of hope for this wide receiver core is McCall Hardman coming back in the near future here. So I'm, I'm, you know, if he steps up in a big way here and makes a move, I think that they've got enough to get this offense to enough points to complement their defense. I think he is one of the two, the true guys that can actually move the needle on offense outside of Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey. No, I actually, I agree with that. Um, it's definitely like it's it's niche. It's not the all-purpose kind of like that's going to be done in the aggregate. Still, it's just you know finding consistency across the board. But as a niche player, can stretch the field. They can still utilize him on the jet stuff. You know some of the manufacturer stuff. Even though like it, like he might actually take some of Kadarius Tony's jet stuff if they want to utilize any of that too. Like that that's out. You know how they divvy some of that stuff is going to be interesting too. But yeah, I think McColl's a great call because uh, like we we know we know what they have. <laughs> we know what they have elsewhere. No, I agree. I think the team misses speed. He provides speed. All I can envision in my head, if I'm looking at a re- wide receiver that can make a difference, is McCole Hardman running, I don't know, let's call it like uh, a post or a sail route, and let's say not running towards the safety or not dropping a ball that hits him in the hands. I don't know. Something like that with some speed. Like That's all I envision. It's like, I, I hope McCall Hardman gets healthy. And even if he catches one pass of that nature for the rest of the year, guess what? That's one more than MVS or anybody not named Justin Watson has done for this team. Uh. So, like, yeah, he was on my list. All right, quick recap. We got um, Craig started off with a Jawan Taylor and then followed up with McCall Hardman. That's his one-two. Kent decided to double dip on the defensive side of the ball. <laughs> and you know, Chris Jones and Nick Bolton. The one right time I middle, talk about defense. I, Attacking the fan favorites, he goes with Chris Jones and Nick Bolton right down the middle. <laughs> the chat follows it up strong. They go to leader Travis Kelsey and then leader of the defense in some ways in Justin Reed. I, with my first two picks, have taken Charles O'Minihue and Trey Smith off the board. We are on our last round. We'll probably go a little quicker through this round. So whoever makes the pick, you just kind of make your case and we'll move on. Chat, get those exclamation marks and your pick going. Hey, you're on. Matt. Maddie, Maddie, did you choose to go last real quick just so you could like be shielded by Craig, Maddie in the chat, like for all of us having to take all the heavy hitters or is that how that works? I feel very good about the players that I picked and catching zero blowback about anybody. But you, on the other hand, I don't, I'm, I'm, not, catching any, I'm not catching any blowback either. I, I'm not shielding from anything. I want to go to the end because I have a great last pick. Oh, well, it's Craig. He was and I was the youngest. Uh, All right, it's my pick. I'm going with Jarek McKinnon because we have seen his usage increase towards the end of the year here. We have seen the red zone offense look better. That is not just, you know, some sort of coincidence. That is a correlation. We saw last year what the red zone offense looked like with Jarek McKinnon more integrated into it. He is one of the few players that Andy Reid trusts to handle the ball down there right now, as we saw this weekend. I'm tossing a pass to... uh, Rasheed Rice, we saw even just a simple swing route because everybody expects him to stay in and pass protect. He was able to fake protection, skirt out into the flat there, get one-on-one with the linebacker, and we'll take that every day. The Chiefs need to be better in the red zone. Again, margins are slim. The margin for error is very, very, very slim. They have to score points every time that they're in the red zone. They're turning the ball over too often. They're kicking too many field goals down there. Jared McKinnon helps with that. So his step up may just simply be use him in the red zone because we know what he can do down there. That makes a massive difference from this offense, being able to punch it in from the eight-yard line, almost swing past to Jared McKinnon down down the low red. Just going to keep hammering the fan favorites and go, Andy Reid. No. Uh, I've got two. I'm going to Maddie answer this so hard it's not even i'm gonna deny this and make you pick between the most likely but try it we'll see what happens okay well if i wasn't going to go this direction i would have said richie james because i think they need to get him involved a little bit more i'd like to just see if he can raise you know raise the floor of this wide receiver room just a little bit because he's been a reliable target yada 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 but i'm gonna maddie answer this and i'm gonna go for zach Ertz. we need zach Ertz in kansas city signing here here already to help 
step up in this team's pursuit of the Super Bowl. Look, I want more reliable targets around Patrick Mahomes. That's all he needs. And I think we saw that this week because he went towards reliability more than he did the the potential of the wide receiver room. I mean, Clyde was getting targets this week for crying out loud because he's reliable. He looks good. Boot in the chat. (laughs) The chat's mad because I said I had a good last one. They think I was taking Ertz. I wasn't. So this is good that Kit took him. Wonderful. I also think it's hilarious that Kent took two <laughs> defenders and then an offensive player not on the Giants. Not even on the team. It's 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 par for the course. I'm you know I'm gonna continue. Yeah, Zach Ertz, WTF? <laughs> okay, chat. It's Rich. Hey, but if not Richie James, I think Richie James. I want to see him help a little bit because I thought yeah, he did some good things in the return game and I thought he did some good things in the pass game this week. And his team, but him and like Zach Ertz, him and Zach Ertz yeah. need to see some time in January. Richie James right. is a better pick just because I think Zach Ertz would probably be here if he was going to be here, but yeah. that's okay. Like, I, I get Well, he's it. not anywhere yet. Why would you say that? Maybe he's just, he's working. They would have signed him already. <laughs> yeah. I don't think, I don't think anything that's happened in the past two weeks has been like the Chiefs go, oh, we're worse off than we thought. They're the exact same team that they thought they were two weeks ago. <laughs> I know. I listen. I know exactly who finished last in this mock draft here. So, um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Really. Chat is up. Uh, the chat's going with Noah Gray. They're also sticking to the tight end spot, and they're going with Noah Gray. Um, and I think the reason people are going with Noah Gray is you see him almost in the scripted plays every single week. Come up with a big long catch. He plays an important role. I get it. And if you want to sit here and say, hey. Zach Ertz is somebody we need to be a reliable pass catcher. Be like, hey, we have Zach Ertz at home. His name's Noah Gray. He doesn't drop the ball. He runs the routes he's supposed to. He does kind of the same general stuff. He just doesn't have the pedigree because he hasn't been put in that position. So I I think that's where, I mean, I get where the chat's coming from with the Noah Gray one, right? Like that makes a little sense. It's the same concept that Kent's going for. We've seen him have actual success in this offense. Just the volume stays pretty low. I will, I will say Noah Gray's over-under on receiving yards per game is always sitting around 11.5 on DraftKings. Do with that info. 50-50, is his one play a corner route, or is his one play the <laughs> hey, it going to be? Sometimes there's two catches, though. Hey, T Collectibles thinks uh, that Greg, he's telling me Greg Olson might be available. He might want to come out of the booth, Kit. He might be effective. I mean, can he run an option route? I've seen, yeah. I've seen Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp's in great shape. So the bar is the floor for Kent right now. That's that's what we're finding out. <laughs> Always was, baby. I'm surprised Kent didn't come in here. I'm surprised after his draft that Kent didn't go with Trent McDuffie just to really drive just over. Re- just take everybody. <laughs> I'm just gonna go for all. The, I should have said Mahomes. I should have <laughs> ended it with. All right, I, I'm gonna wrap it up here with the final pick, and this kind of ties into the Noah Gray thing because here's the thing. Yeah, Noah Gray could step up. I don't think it's Noah Gray's fault that he's not stepping up. We're going to call that one the Andy Reid slash Matt Nagy need to step it up down the stretch for the team to get to the Super Bowl because we saw what this offense looks like when Andy Reid's dialed in. When he's got stuff out there ready to attack the opposing defense, it works. Now, is Jawan Taylor going to commit a penalty? Maybe. Is someone going to drop the ball? Maybe. Probably. But when Andy Reid gets dialed in, things are great. This isn't Kyle Shanahan. This isn't Mike McDaniel. They're not going into week 14 games trying to call up a game-specific game plan to beat their opponent in the regular season. He doesn't care. But we haven't seen, I don't think, Andy Reid be on top of his game. He hasn't been always getting these less talented guys than he's had in the past always wide open. He hasn't been getting Mahomes the easiest looks. He's gone away from the run game when it's mattered. He's had some game management situation issues. So, like, yeah, I think Andy Reid needs to probably be a little bit better. And, hey, he'll say it himself after every single game. that he All all five losses are on him. (laughs) I'm I'm throwing Matt Nagy into this because, well, people gave him credit for being the one person trying to keep them focused versus the Bills, but they also didn't get focused. So, like, if you're going to be the guy that gets that praise, you also get a little bit of the blame for not actually coming through in that moment. Matt Nagy has to take that sideline leadership role a little bit. He's going to play a part in the game plans. Yeah, I think the Chiefs' offensive coaches need to be a little bit better with the play calling, with attacking opposing defenses if they're going to win because this team's not talented enough to just out-execute defenses they're going to see in the playoffs. Coaches got to step up. 
that's the final pick. Do I need to wrap it up? Do we think everybody knows everyone's No, I think everybody remembers that I won this thing. So, um, anyway. That, that's going to uh, do it for the case. Honorable mention Tommy Townsend. I almost took Tommy Townsend. Thank you all so much for listening, watching, engaging. We appreciate you all. We'll catch you later. Kent hates the defense. Crazy. Hater. Despises them. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.